We now continue with part two of the interview. Well, um, I mean, you you brought up two uh, interesting points there that I kind of want to, you know, pun intended, I kind of want to dig deeper into. Um, so one thing that you brought up was, you know, you acknowledging your your privilege. So uh, I think that's something that a lot of people, especially white people, especially uh, have been struggling to understand and comprehend, because when you hear the word privilege, you make it think like everything has been handed to you on a silver platter. Uh, and when when we talk about white privilege, we're we're not trying to say that your life has been easy. We're just trying to say that your life has not been made harder because of the color of your skin. So I just kind of wanted to take this opportunity for you to kind of explain, uh, in your opinion, in, in your perspective, uh, what privilege is, how did you come to discover it? Like, what are some examples that you've noticed of, of your own personal privilege that might make it easier for other people to understand what we're talking about here. Oh, thank you. You helped me get to the right page. <laughs> yes. So that's what I was trying to get at is how do I identify I'm tagging other people, you know, when I'm tagging other white people, but what about me? You know, let's go focus on the ground, like how you're saying. Um, growing up, I grew up really poor. So I didn't think like how you're mentioning um, privilege is like, oh, you're rich, you own so many phones, you have a car. And when I was growing up, I'm like, dang, I didn't have that. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like you, you know, no, there's a difference right there. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing my opportunities, that's right there is a privilege itself. Is my opportunity is very different towards let's just say my coworker who's a person of color you know I might have a higher chance or I'm in a training currently for um, a woman support thing at my work and we're talking about names so my name Heather that is a very generic white Irish name and if you look at my resume for example okay Heather oh it sounds like a clean respected name and then you have a more cultural name then they'll be like especially a name you cannot pronounce, you know, they're like, okay, I am not going to deal with that. I don't want to like correct. They don't want to quote unquote focus on that problematic of not saying the name correct, you know, and they, they push that resume to the side, you know? So that right now name privilege right there can get me. And then when they see me, okay, let's just say another person of color, they have the name Heather too. And they, they come in terms and they view me. So they have, let's just say, an African-American Heather versus a white Heather right there. They're already making a judgment call like, well, Heather looks clean. Heather looks like she has no records or anything like that. So biases come into play. Stereotypical things come into play. That's just one example how I put it of helping me identify too. And then going to like childhood examples too, when I was starting to like realize was middle school. And I think I remember, like, saying this one it was, um, it was middle school, and she was my first friend who was Arabic, and she kept talking about how she has a, a difficult time interacting with people, and then in my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I know who you are. You're a nice person. You ha Why do you have problems? There I go again. I'm blaming her, you know, in a way. Why do you? And then, you know, this is pretty much a few years after 
so right there it was kind of like her relation she was talking about how she was living in New York during that time and it was very different for her and it took me a while and I'm I hate I'm very embarrassed to say like wow like to say like okay it took me a while to realize where she was coming from but you know it goes back to background it goes back to your family it talks about okay how do I identify this privilege if my family did not identify theirs you know so another uh, one in middle school too is my friend was talking about her quinceada and I, I you know I'm like oh I never heard of that before what is that and she was sharing to me like this is a, a amazing opportunity this is about I'm becoming to um, I'm girl to coming to woman and in my head I'm like it's just a birthday party so I'm minimizing her a significant event right there just a birthday party so right there is privilege you know it's just minor like microaggression comments that I don't think it was micro like or even like big or anything like that and then as I'm getting older and I'm educating myself and my friends educating me taking this opportunity like hey Heather like what you're saying is really affecting me so it wasn't until like after high school and like in mid college is when I'm realizing okay what I have is pretty good you know not superior or anything like that good but like more I do have it easier compared to their color their skin and I'm I'm thinking my social class was well I'm down there I I don't know what you're talking about but actually I I can't really use that anymore I feel like that's just an excuse now I am more educated than I am before compared to middle school Heather versus 27 year old Heather you know and I'm just glad that you kind of brought up a point where you have to you have to be willing and able to admit when when you were wrong on something or when you were maybe misinformed or miseducated about something. You have to be willing to accept that and then to learn and grow from it. And I know the reason why we have a lot of the problems that we have is that people refuse to acknowledge any wrongdoing on, on their part. So... They're just like, well, this is what I know. This is what I grew up knowing. So it has to be right. Like, why would I grow up knowing something wrong or being taught something wrong? So, you know, I appreciate on your end that you're willing to, you know, listen to people and listen to their, um, maybe their concerns, I guess, and then take that into consideration. Um, The other thing that you brought up previously that I wanted to kind of um, explore more was you were talking about how some people... um, it's almost like a fake allyship or a fake wokeness or something where they go to these protests, they take their selfie and then they're gone. And I know, you know, I've seen some clips of some people like going out in like flowing dresses and in these really nice outfits. And then like professional photographers take their picture and then you see a video of them just like walking away. They're done. Like they, they did what they needed to do. So um, I guess what I wanted to know is what are your thoughts about, social media in this time of the pandemic and in this time of social unrest um is it like something that is just very hollow or is there a way to make it work is there a way to make it a part of your um activism your allyship like what do you think i'm just kind of curious about that yeah i want to really like i'm grateful social media has been playing a part so like we can still be active You know, instead of like, okay, if we don't feel safe enough to go to a protest, for example, we have social media, like I could 
watch a live stream of the protests or I can look up the information that my friends are posting on their stories or posting in their feed. I think that part, I think that's the positive side. But like how you're mentioning, I feel like the fake allyship is when I see particularly, like I should say, an influencer, you know, who who wants to get more you know content they want more followers they want more likes that to me is like okay now you're doing it just more for yourself like this is just a self-absorb content then you actually significantly want to make a difference you know and I feel like when that happens I feel like it, it, it just shows right there you know like okay this person does not is not there you know and behind those that woman or that person in particular is a community people who actually believe in the purpose of the movement who really wants to make a difference to me is like okay that's where I'm like can we just can I edit that person out and just be focusing on behind you know and not like be focusing on that designer dress that that person's wearing or outfit you know and that's where it does annoy me because then it kind of gives like a negative like glow to it like okay you're taking this moment this beautiful moment of people getting together and you're making it towards yourself you know and then I know um for social media like for me like okay I'll have like Trump supporters as friends and then I'm catching them too like uh, I'm like okay should I unfriend this person now I'm like oh no I don't really believe in that like or my my favorite one is I'm scared I'm gonna offend them you know, I don't want to like injure their feelings. But then in my head too, is like, well, are they really thinking that about me when they post that, when they support Trump? Like they know my, they know how, what I post, they know my backstory. They don't seem very concerned about my things. So it's kind of like not trying to like, I feel like that statement just made it more like all about me for a second, you know, but be mindful, like, okay, post what I want to post, you know, be mindful, like, oh, if you're going to be posting this, make sure you have it in the goodness of your heart, like, you want to do a change, you want to do a difference, don't be posting, you're like, well, okay, like, my friend's posting, I feel like I kind of have to post it now, or, okay, if I don't post it, I might get called out, you know, so it's balancing that, like, making sure, also, too, is what you're posting is legit, you know, a lot of things about being posted, is like, it could be false information, false facts so I want to make sure you're doing your research too and like if you do see something that's wrong don't shame that person take this opportunity to like hey you know what I noticed that you post was not correct let's have a conversation where maybe this can be a great opportunity I could educate myself and maybe you could educate yourself you know but I have to admit it's easy said than done (laughs) absolutely um uh, thank you for, for kind of sharing that input um so the the last part of this uh, podcast, this conversation, is something that I've always appreciated uh, talking to you about, and that's about self-growth and self-improvement. You've always been a very uh, helpful friend in that regard and kind of giving the right kind of advice and even kind of leading you in the right direction. You know, that's what a good teacher, a good tutor does, is they don't give you the answers. They kind of just lead you in the right direction. So, um, But now I kind of want to turn it on you uh, so that you can reflect on yourself. So what actions are you personally taking to try and improve yourself and improve your community during this time? Well, first, thank you for your kind words, Daniel. It's always nice to like, oh, like, oh, he appreciates. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. What have I been doing for myself? Oh my goodness. I feel like this is the first time besides when I I moved to college by myself was to do more self-reflection. Um, I was just talking to my boyfriend about this last night, like, I'm kind of grateful in a way, like, this sounds weird, but, like, being a pandemic where we're kind of forced to do that, I'm, I'm, one, I'm acknowledging a lot of my things, so during the pandemic, like, right before it started, I just ended therapy for some issues I was having as a kid, and... It allowed me to take the time to process that, you know, take that and actually take what my therapist was saying and bringing those tools. That's one thing I've been really appreciating. Um, another thing, too, is I don't know if you can relate to this, Daniel. Um, I'm kind of like on Friday night and Saturday night, I feel a little pressure to go out like outside of okay I'm like all right it's Friday night everyone knows what to do you go outside you drink you party you at least go out go to the concert you have to do something it's a Friday night like everybody goes out and I have the bat the worst case of FOMO I can never believe and I feel like especially on social media you're like oh my goodness like I didn't go out and but I'm seeing my friend go out maybe I should went out you know it's kind of made me think like oh we're all stuck in the same situation like I'm not worrying anymore and that gave me a sense I'm like that shouldn't be a case you know to really focusing like if you need that Friday night for yourself or like you know you want to save your money not to go you shouldn't be feeling pressured either and I feel like too um it kind of gave me a self-reflection about with myself and my mental health and my friends around me. Like I was around some, some toxic friends at the time, but I felt more pressure to go out and I'm like, okay, I have to go drinking. I have to go out, have to, I don't know, put pans on for Friday night. (laughs) Um, and it kind of gave me this thing. Like I, there's more to do than just getting drunk and being pushed in a bar with like and being creeped out by people so it's like I could still have that but also I could do other things with it so it's kind of making me appreciate and self-reflect like okay those people are not there anymore I have options I can feel more safe I feel more healthy and I like that um yeah (laughs) that's I mean uh you were asking if I could relate that, and I definitely can because, you know, as, as exhausting as it was, uh, a big part of my life was working in the night scene in the industry. So being out, even if it was just for work, I was out at least like three, four times a week, you know. Um, so having to stay in all the time is definitely a little frustrating when you're used to being out just constantly. So. <laughs> Uh, I definitely can relate to that uh, feeling. But at the same time, like you said, um, now that you have that time to just kind of be with yourself and uh, you have that extra time, like it's amazing what you can do in that amount of time. And the time that you would have spent going out drinking and maybe not even remembering what you did that night, like you could, you know, stay home and, you know, watch a movie or have a Zoom conversation or a phone conversation with a friend or read a book or listen to a podcast or, you know, there's so much that you can do in that same amount of time that is possibly, you know, more constructive. I mean, obviously you want to maintain those social connections, which is very important too, but there are other ways to do that. 
Um, you know, we were talking earlier about having routines and one of my new routines is that like Wednesdays I do a trivia night with my friends through Zoom. Like we meet up for doing that. Sundays we have movie nights where we recommend the movie and watch it, do a Netflix party. Um, Fridays we've gotten used to watching musicals. So um, we've found ways to kind of maintain that social bond without having to go out and to kind of keep that sense of routine, kind of tying everything back together. <laughs> um, w the next question I have for you is, you know, we were talking a little bit about privilege and about acknowledging that, but are there any other things that in terms of becoming a better ally, a better citizen, uh, are there some things that you know you still need to work on that have been maybe illuminated through this pandemic? I definitely, I really like, okay, there's a lot, actually. I feel like there's a lot, but then I'm trying to find a way how to say it. <laughs> um, it one is the continuation of identifying my privilege because as I keep growing like okay I identify one but there's it's such like this nation was built on white privilege and white supremacy so it's kind of like breaking that down and like all right we're not even talking about religion privilege we're not talking about me being heterosexual religion um privilege you know there's so many things about it um and then ageism too <laughs> um I think just really identifying that and then being open. I know something I know personally I want to work on is not every time. Like I, I feel like it's based on a friend. Like I feel more comfortable talking to a friend, having an open conversation versus another friend. Like, hey, they call me out, but I don't feel comfortable talking about it, even though I should because it's my friend, you know, or I do have that initial fear. Like, what about if I'm saying that it's going to offend them? you know, and I'm, I'm feel like I'm like walking on eggshells and I don't want it. Like to me, a friendship is not like that. But then, you know, I do feel that way because I'm like, okay, I don't want to lose this friend either. But then like right there, it's like, okay, if I lose my friend because of that, maybe that was an unstable relationship right there, <laughs> you know? Um, and then I think too, is when it comes to silence, I think not posting is not necessarily silent, you know? I feel, to me, active listening and silence are very two different things. Active listening is actually engaging and actually really understanding what my friend is saying. Like, what is Daniel really trying to tell me about it? You know, maybe I should fix that behavior. And have that open conversation with him. I'm sorry, I'm using you as an example. <laughs> um, actually ask questions, too, and not in a very, like, degrading belittling like what do you mean by that or get offended either and I feel like I'd be the first one to say I feel like I get easily offended too I'm like because I'm sensitive that's just me though I'm like what do you mean by that you know more like did I hurt your feelings <laughs> but um sincerely wanting to know where are you coming from and educating too like maybe that clothing I was wearing is not appropriate you know, maybe this is not culturally appropriate, especially like Halloween's coming around the corner. And that's a big hot topic right there. It's like, okay, hey, well, your outfit is not culturally appropriate. You know, I finding out maybe there's trauma that you experience and letting me understand that too. And letting me understand my friend and giving that platform that they probably have never received, you know. Hold, my mom. Hold on, mom. 
Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Um, but having that platform right there that they never have received, you know, or they don't feel like they're being heard, not by their own family, by their own friends, by their one, let alone their nation too. And sometimes that I'm their only safe haven to open up to. And actually talking about privilege, that is a privilege itself. You know, like that friend choose me as it's only as their only ally, you know, and going back to active listening, you know, reflecting on what that person said. I am a typer. I like to go in front of the mirror and I talk. <laughs> if you ever see me driving too, like, oh, Heather's talking to herself. No, I'm practicing like <laughs> a hypothetical like scenario that I built. <laughs> but to me, it's just, I'm the type where I have to say it out loud and then I can get a better understanding. Yeah, those are, those are two very, um, very important things that you brought up. So um, I'm glad that you're kind of taking that into account during this time, now that we have all this extra time. Um, so the last thing, the, well, actually, uh, I forgot to ask earlier. Um, one thing that I'm trying to ask each of my guests is, you know, there's a lot going on right now in the world. Uh, there's a lot of issues that are being brought up and it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, so not to um, belittle any of the other things that are going on because there's only so much time and energy you can spend um, sharing your voice and sharing your thoughts. But is there any one particular issue or anything that you're really focusing on right now or that has maybe been brought to your attention more so than others that you want to try and advocate for? Yeah, I know this is something like I've been working on for the longest time is sexual assault. You know, I have my own personal experience and it's just one, trying to fight it in a social way, like social movement way versus fighting my own demons inside, you know, working on my own issues while trying to help somebody else. And I feel like the first thing to do is you always, you have to help yourself before you can help somebody else. I know it goes back to that one mindset, but in moments like that, I can't give you my hundred if I'm not my hundred either. So really giving myself that time and practice self-care before I can join a movement or join a protest or have that exhausting conversation with somebody about sexual assault. Um, I know in college I was really active about it and I, I, I look back and I'm like, oh, I miss it. But there's no excuse. I can't do it now. Um, about domestic violence. So domestic violence and sexual assault are two things I'm very passionate about working on and changing especially going back to about trump and what he says um the locker talk conversations and how that's in a very acceptable way to talk about women or even men or anybody you know um i know a lot of people don't give men being sexually assaulted enough attention you know there's a lot of cases that men don't feel comfortable reporting and i don't feel like that should be a barrier. I don't feel like a gender should be a barrier or any barriers, but in that particular to report, you know, and working with my loved ones who has experienced that and, you know, building a bond, building a conversation, building a relationship based on that is incredible. Like going back, like I, <laughs> I feel so honored when I have a friend that tells me her trauma, like, Hey, Heather, this, is what happened to me. And I'm like, I feel like I can relate to you and I want to help. And you know, I'm like, okay, what can we do now? So 
that's something particular I'm really big. I know especially um, human trafficking has been really being talked about, um, being part and making sure too is like going back to when people post, making sure those information they're posting is correct, you know? Well, thank you for for your openness and your honesty in that. And, you know, I appreciate that you're, you're taking this experience and uh, this incident and, you know, instead of letting it bring you down or, or tear you apart, you're using it to strengthen yourself and to push forward to help others that are unfortunately suffering through similar types of situations. So I appreciate you so much for, for doing that work and for, um, for finding um, the strength in that to, to move on and to uh, push forward. So thank you for that. Um, my, my last question for you is, do you have any recommendations for any books, movies, podcasts, or anything else that have helped you uh, kind of learn and grow and um, educate yourself? I want to be really honest. I don't read as much, so I do apologize. Um, I do, I have the articles because when I'm in that training, they've been providing some great resources too. I just can't think of them on my, on top of my head. I do apologize. And we just started the training. Um, but if I can find a way to like link that to you, is that a possibility? And then, or... Uh, I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, you're you're still out there and you're still working, so uh, you're you're putting yourself out there <laughs> in a different kind of way. And uh, like I said, one thing that I've always appreciated about you is that I know that if someone uh, has has something to share with you, that you're gonna you're gonna listen to it, you're gonna absorb it, and then from there, then you'll have a new tool in your belt. Um, do you have any final thoughts, any final uh, closing statements uh, to make before we let you go here? Yeah. Um, I'm Like Daniel mentioned, I love self-reflection. I love self-growth. So be mindful and really validate what you're going through. You know, you personally are going through a pandemic. You're going to go through your own personal issues that you don't feel comfortable. You might have shared to your loved ones, but really recognize that and really validate like, okay, maybe I didn't do well today, but tomorrow I got this or I did a fantastic job. I'm going to do it again. And if you don't do it, it's totally okay. It's totally okay to not feel okay and practice healthy coping skills. Do what you feel comfortable. You feel safe. Make sure it's safe (laughs) um and never feel ashamed to ask for help if you need to talk to a friend there's so many crisis hotline numbers to call if you don't feel comfortable talking to a loved one always feel comfortable i hope you feel comfortable to reach out and safe too and and for resources if anyone in the community um in the county of san diego Call 211 for any community resources if you need anything for basic needs. And they'll like, it's an operator that you can talk to and they'll guide you to the resources for you. So help is out there. Um, Don't be afraid to seek it out and don't be afraid to acknowledge that you need help. So I think all of that is very important. And uh, thank you once again, Heather, for sharing that information and for for uh, having this conversation with us today. Uh, That's unfortunately all the time we have for today. Thank you again for your time. As a reminder, this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 
Just search for Skysoft and you'll find us there. Please make sure to subscribe to us on those platforms so you never miss an episode and rate and review us. And of course, for all things Skysoft, including full episodes, cast and show info, and other updates, be sure to check out skysoftentertainment.com. Once again, that's skysoftentertainment.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Daniel Andrade encouraging you to embrace your curiosity, face your fears, and dig deeper. 